when people asked me, I was, you know, first like confused. I'm like, hey, like me, why, why can I even? And, and then I started, you know, having more and more conversations and um, got to know that actually anybody can do so. And, and that's when I and then was, I, I started. And then I also talked about it. And I think that's really important. If you want to do business angel investments, talk about it. And then people will approach you straight away. This is Female Business Angel Podcast, your go-to destination if you're a business angel or would like to get into angel investing and don't know where to start. Or if you just want to find out how we tick, we're Tina and Katja, both business angels from Berlin. Well, I'm a VC now. We will interview established female business angels about how they got started and how it is going, including all the best tips and tricks. So get ready for some insider stories and personal empowering moments and revelations with these incredible women. Welcome to this journey with us. This is Female Business Angel Podcast. My name is Tina, and today I am so delighted to be speaking to Celine Flores-Villas. I've known her very personally on social media for ages because she covers in a really great, charming and natural way all things business and innovation. She has built a pretty remarkable company in very short time and got into angel investing herself. So, Celine, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. You must have a super, super busy schedule. We can't wait to hear about what you've built. Hi, Celine. Okay. It's so nice to have you. Um, you're pretty much unavoidable in Germany if you're active on LinkedIn or go to any tech conferences. And I'm a huge admirer of how you've managed to scale yourself, but let's talk about that later. So please introduce yourself. And I'm actually really excited to hear about how you got to where you are. Thank you so much for, for the invitation. Um, well, yes, happy to be here. My name is Celine, as you just said. And um, well, I became an entrepreneur so uh, through social media, uh, so to say. <laughs> so about uh, four years ago, I started to build my own account on LinkedIn um, to you know, upload videos about innovation, business model innovation, all these kind of topics. And um, what happened over the last years was that more and more people approached me and asked me, hey, how have you built your account? Can you help me with my account? Um, and how, how do I um, build a followership on LinkedIn? How do I create um, interesting content, even though the topic might be I don't know, um, um, too techy or too geeky, Gross. so that yes, <laughs> so that others don't understand. Like, how do I explain my stuff in a in a way that people understand what I'm saying and how do I, you know, send my message out there? And this is how I started my own company, the People Branding Company. So um, it's all about people branding, as the name says, and we help entrepreneurs, CEOs, um, yeah, literally everybody uh, who wants to get started on LinkedIn to build their personal brands. Yes, that's but what you I have do. like a properly big company then now, right? Well, uh, I founded the company around one and a half years ago, maybe a little more now already. Um, and we are fifteen, yeah, well, fifteen people in the company, and it's wow. uh, bootstrapped, so no, no um, capital. Uh, <laughs> uh, all yeah, well, um, financed through the capital flow, which was um, exhausting, but uh, yeah, now it's, it's working, and yeah, it's great. I really enjoy it. It's a cool. And new is it task. is it all you? Or do you have some sort of co-founder? <laughs> No, it's actually all me. So I'm a single founder. Um, 
Yes. <laughs> I don't know why, I, why, I, why I've um, well run down this path alone, but <laughs> I did. And and now the team, you know, now that with this team, it's it's fine and the team is great. And I feel like I have, um, well, actually more than just one co-founder since everybody in this team is so involved and engaged and, and helps wherever they can. So, um, well, now it's we're in a good state, but um, yes, with the first and second employee, I was sometimes really like... <laughs> Um, overwhelmed by all these challenges. Um, yes, but now we're in a good state. But that's amazing. I mean, to build by yourself 15 people in one and a half years, that's really incredible. So um, something to be proud of and definitely also something that you can share with other founders, right? Your experiences and because it's 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 hard hiring. Yes, hiring. Actually, I, I never thought that hiring would become the bottleneck um, in my company because we've got too many projects. We've got too many clients. We've got a waiting list so we can't, you know, um, get new people onboarded, new clients onboarded until September now. And, um, well, I don't have enough stuff to do all these things. So um, it's actually hiring what um, keeps me awake at night. <laughs> Nothing else but that, yeah. That's so awesome. That's really, I'm so happy to hear that. And um, despite <clears throat> this being about business angeling, so a lot of VC cases, um, I do admire totally all kind of bootstrap companies. And actually, most funds are bootstrapped. Ah, yes. <laughs> forget. Yeah. So as a fund manager, you're kind of bootstrapping as well. Yeah. We definitely are. We definitely are. We again discussed today whether it's time to get an office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have one. So uh, all the 15 professionals are working wherever in Germany, but we don't oh, really? have a headquarter or an office. Yeah, we are a 100% remote uh, company. So um, yeah, that's, cool. that's also quite interesting. And I actually um, built it that way before COVID. So it was not like COVID kicked in and then I decided to do it, but it was more sort of, um, well, I, I actually um, heard of a company already three or four years ago. Um, it was a NOAA conference, NOAA, mm. um, <clears throat> which is this conference for startups and investors. Mm. And they've also got a team which is operating internationally. And they told me that they don't have an office. And already back then, like three or four years ago, I was so fascinated by the fact that it works remotely. And I, I, you know, I just decided for myself, I don't want to go to an office. So yeah. I don't want anybody else to come either. And that's why yeah. I started it uh, remote straight away. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why we're struggling as well, because we don't like going to the office. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't. And if you're around a lot and if you have lots yes. of things to do, there's no, like, I it's just be able to time. Go. Definitely, yeah. 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 That's, that's amazing. Time we but, don't have. <laughs> yeah. But we're really not talking about business angeling here, but how mm -hmm. do you then, because I think there'll probably be some people listening that also have remote teams, how do you build your team then remotely? Do you do a lot of like offsites or... Yes, uh, we do a, a so-called workation. So it's um, an offsite which uh, starts on Wednesday and it's always until uh, Sunday. And we do it like three to four times a year. So every quarter, mm -hmm. you, you could say. That's quite um, regularly. Yes, it is. Um, and, and I think that's actually important. Um, to be honest, not so much for myself because I'm, I'm happy to, you know, um, care about my relationships and uh, online. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm more this sort of um, person who needs to be at the office all by myself and, you know, sort things out. Um, but I feel like a lot of other people within my team, they, they are, well, they are really craving for it um, at the end of the three months. So then I know, okay, it's time for vacation again. Yeah, cool. And um, well, I think what's um, most important for a remote team is already to choose the right people when hiring. And this yeah. is probably also why why it's so hard for me right now to hire because there are a lot of people who might have either the cultural fit or the fit in terms of skills. 
Um, mm. But for me, both are the same important because if a person doesn't fit into our team setting and, you know, is not on the in the same flow and hasn't got the same attitudes and values, I know no matter how good they are from a technical skill perspective, um, yeah. I know it won't work out on the long term. So I'm, yeah. I'm really checking on both. And I think that's, um, well, that's why it also, when we go on a workation, it always feels like at the weekend, I, I told my team, well, going on a workation with you feels like, Junggesellenabschied. So. <laughs> because Stag <laughs> too. Yes. It's more like a like an actual vacation with friends um, than it is um, with your, you know, office colleagues. So it's like, yeah, everybody is friends in our team as well. So I really need this cultural fit also. And this is, I think, why it works remotely so well, because we all we all fit together like a like a team and a that's friendship. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. Um, so let's get to our actual topic. Yes. <laughs> angel investing. Mm -hmm. How did you get into angel investing? I mean, obviously, you already touched that you've had touch points with Noah, which is all about investing. So you must have been <clears throat> quite close for a while. But yeah, tell me yes. more. I mean, definitely through my network. Um, since, um, of course, on LinkedIn, I talk about innovation, about startups, about entrepreneurship. So, um, well, I have quite a good network within the founder network or a founder scene or ecosystem in Germany, um, whether it is uh, in Berlin, but also in other regions like Munich um, has got a really, you know, active ecosystem when it comes to startups as well. And, and I know a lot of founders and I also know a lot of founders who are, um, well, serial entrepreneurs or who have done an exit already. And I, I, I mean, I watched their past and I, I saw within the last years, I saw what they've been doing and I realized that more and more founders who had exited their company uh, became investors. And I saw this kind of phenomenon. And, and uh, well, um, the first one, it was actually through conversations when people also told me, hey, Celine, why aren't you investing in <laughs> all these founders, you know, coming up being like, why didn't you invest yet? And, and yes, until that point, I didn't think about it. Also because I, I thought it's, I don't know, too complicated or just, you know, not for um, just people like you and I. I thought it's more... In mm institutional that you needed to have, mm -hmm. I don't know, not a license, but I, I thought you needed more background and not anybody. But well, to have a fund, you do need a yeah. license. <laughs> yeah, well then, yes, but yeah, that was that was never my ambition. So I, but I didn't know, you know, that you could have just invest as an, yeah, as a business angel. So I, when people asked me, I was, you know, first like confused. I'm like, hey, like me, why, why can I even? And, and then I started, you know, having more and more conversations and um, got to know that actually anybody can do so. And, and that's when I and then was, I, I started. And then I also talked about it. And I think that's really important. If you want to do business angel investments, talk about it and then people will approach you straight away. So now that I did, you know, the first few things, um, really small tickets, but still <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> proud about it. <laughs> so that um, uh, since I talk, talked about it, more and more startups um, come up and send me their pitch decks as well. So I also saw that this kind of, um, you know, making it visible on my account on LinkedIn, talking about it, uh, drives more attention to the topic and then also brings in more pitch decks um, to my table. So I think that's really important for anybody out there who wants to get started, talk about it, even though you didn't do anything yet, but just say, you know, I want to go into angel investing, do a post on LinkedIn about it, and people are going to approach you. And this is going to yeah. lead to the next contact. And then, you know, you're kicking it off by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And this way, um, when I started angel investing, I remember I wrote a text message to a friend of mine who was going into the same deal. I was saying, saying mm -hmm. like, listen, do you think this is actually going to help me professionally to do this? And he's like, no way. <laughs> but it like totally changed my life. So um, um, uh, so I think if you really use it, and I guess for you, it's actually like 
for your business is beneficial. And I think for a lot of people, it's beneficial for the for the business as well, for the, their actual yeah. work. <laughs> Um, because you do build really cool eye-to-eye relationships when you're in the same deal with someone. and um, Definitely, so, yes. yes. And, that's and also, you, you usually have like mm-hmm. team dinners and stuff and yeah. you shouldn't ever do it just for that. But mm-hmm. once you start, you start building like this gang of people that you keep investing with and it's so cool. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, I can just imagine. I'm, I mean, my journey just started, so <laughs> I don't know yet, but <laughs> I obviously hope for it, yes. Yeah, and there's actually one thing I want to mirror. So um, the, um, you said, oh, I only do tiny tickets. That's like the right thing to do because like a lot of people that we speak to, a lot, a lot of people, they're like, yeah, biggest mistake I've made is my first big ticket was too big. Oh, okay. So what is too big and when they're saying it? I think it's like too big in the way that they um, that they put too much money in the company so much that they felt it was really, really detrimental to their personal wealth if it didn't go well. Oh, well, that's going to be me then in three years telling you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm actually, yesterday I found out um, with the 16 personality tests that I'm an entrepreneur and a risk taker, you know? So okay, good, um, good. this definitely reflects on my, <laughs> on my investment behavior because, yeah, well, as I said, I'm a risk taker. I'm going to leave it here, yeah. No, but that's so good to be a risk taker. I like it. And I think it's something that's important that we like shout from the rooftops. Yeah. Um, um, especially because like a lot of guys seem to think that women don't take risk. Yeah. No, I took too much risk probably already, but um, well, that's, no, that's good. I take that's too much another risk story. <laughs> so, um, um, but so now you get mm-hmm. all this deal flow. How do you manage that? Well, um, I haven't got a deal flow pipeline yet, like we do with our sales pipeline. <laughs> Since I also, I mean, it's something I started because I thought it's really interesting and mainly also because I wanted to learn about it. Um, since I talk a lot about all these topics on my LinkedIn channel, it was the same with building a company. I've been talking about startups all the time and I never built my own company. So this was also the same impulse I had back then. You know, yeah. if I talk about it on LinkedIn and my postings, I need to build my own do company. It. Yes, exactly. You got to do it. And that's Put your money where your mouth is. Yes. So that's the same with the angel investment uh, investments. I actually started because I wanted to learn how to do it. And, and, that's also why I haven't got a deal pipeline yet because I won't be able to even make 10 deals a year. That's already too much for me. Like, I mean, three years ago, I was sitting on the on the bench in a university. I, I, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm super wealthy and I've got tons of, uh, well, I don't know, um, <laughs> um, tickets to do. So um, it's really something I did for learning and for, the, for my, you know, personal development. And um, that's why I, I now did, I think, um, four or five deals already. And I See, think that's a lot. Yes, but that, uh, this within the last three months. So for me, it's like, if I get into something, then I'm like, I'm hooked. <laughs> it hit me and I was really into it. And well, I still am. But now I also told myself like, okay, so now calm down. <laughs> so, okay, now I'll look at it and see how it goes and also talk to the startups and get to know, you know, how they are developing because that's also something I want to bring in. Um, yep. So if I do too many deals as well, I also can't bring in, other, in anything else. And that's also not what I want. That's not the purpose of it. So I, I told yeah. myself, okay, let's keep it till here. This was like cool learning journey. And um, well, now I'm going to watch them carefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this was one of my approaches when I started. I was like, okay, I'm not doing an MBA. I always wanted to do that. So I'm going to take mm. that kind of amount and put it into it. That was my... Yeah. Um, 
my thinking because I thought like it has to have some sort of learning component. Otherwise, it's just um, too nerve wracking. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Yes. And also, I mean, some uh, were not some at actually one deal didn't work out in the end. And that was also, I put in that deal, I put in most of my time and I actually also, you know, got a lawyer. This was one of the few deals where I also got a lawyer on board to check my deal like specifically. And, and I, you know, on in other deals, it was more like there were so many founders I knew well and I, you know, called with the other angel investors and made sure everything was right by myself. But on other deals, when I felt like, no, I need my um, lawyer to have a look at it, I also did so. And I mean, that's also costly, you know, then you yeah. already invest one, two, three thousand euro yeah. only in, in the lawyer. And then yeah, in yeah, the end, it so didn't expensive. work out. I put in time, yeah. I put in money and it didn't work. Yeah. I was so frustrated. So it's it's also not something that's, you know, easy going in here and there. There's a deal. So it's it's really time consuming. And yeah, that's um, then, of, of course, it well, I was really annoyed. <laughs> Yeah, but that's so part of it. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so is that what you would also say is like the worst thing that you invest money a time and nothing comes back sometimes? What's um, yeah, I'd say that was probably the worst experience within mm. this journey of an of being an angel investor. Um, you that are, was cool. Yeah, that was nerve wracking, as you said. No, mm. that was the worst experience. But other than that, um. Well, there are a lot of highlights as well. Like, as I mentioned, the learning part, like learning about how to do it and all these terms and words and uh, stuff I didn't, I heard, never There's heard a lot before. to learn there, huh? Yes, and especially because I didn't study, you know, economics or anything. I, I studied uh, something like journalism. like <laughs> So I'm from another world, kind of. And, and to learn all these things was really interesting to me. And, um, well, also what I find is the highlight is that you don't know where it's going. But as I said, I'm a risk taker and I enjoy this kind of roller coaster. <laughs> but that's also nothing for everybody. I don't think everybody would enjoy this uncertainty. But I like it. I mean, if we knew everything, it would be boring, right? So <laughs> yes, for sure. I think it's, it's really, um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so what's the, um, in terms of your the, the deals that you do get, um, how do you um, um, work through them and what's kind of the, the craziest thing that you've seen? Kind of a fun story and how do you process it, but also like maybe you have some fun stories. Yes, well, one idea that they did not actually approach me, but I saw them in a pitch competition and, um, well, they won the pitch ah, Of course, because you see a lot of pitch competitions. Yes, exactly. You? And that's also ah. my entry point a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah, that's great. Yes, and that's maybe also interesting um, um, for others. Um, I mean, how do you get these deals exactly? Like you said, of course, for me, one thing is my LinkedIn account. I mean, with, you know, 120,000 followers, there is a lot of attention on my account. And also, you know, a lot of people approach me. That, that's great. But actually, most of the deals um, I got, or most of the startups, I got to know in an, on another way. And sometimes they approach me, but because of different reasons. And I, then I found out they are, you know, raising capital and I was like, oh, maybe I can already, you know, join in another, from another um, perspective or in another role as well. That was, for example, one case. And then, yes, as I said, all these um, startup events where I take place. And that's also an advice for everybody. Just go and join startup events and have a look at the teams. Yeah. Because, you know, as an angel investor, you do really, really, really early stage. And that's what I also love about it. So like, 
Um, I, I won't, it wouldn't be fun for someone with like my, um, I don't know, mindset probably to do like series A, B, C. That's, that's already, you know, that's so big and that's so certain and that's so boring to me. But I love this kind of early stage stuff where you really don't know where it's going. You're the first investor and you can really, you know, help the team with your input. And that's, I, I love that. So I um, actually take all these startup competitions where I'm, for example, hosting the event. Um, which I still do a lot um, to host events and startup events. So all these uh, competitions, I, I listen carefully as the host and then afterwards um, approach them. And that's also how I um, got to know a few startups. And when you were asking for like a, a crazy idea, um, well, I don't know if, if that's crazy, but um, they um, did, um, um, how, well, how shall I explain it? So they developed an algorithm to, um, to, <laughs> to automate light shows at a club Because on ah. all these huge clubs, whether yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, from here in Munich, P1 yeah. to yeah. kind to Las Vegas, wherever they have a, in good clubs, they do have a light show guy, yeah. like yeah. someone who controls the show and you know manages the light to you know go on and off to the beat. And um, they developed an algorithm, which is so obvious. Like, why did they have a person person do it? Like, I didn't even get it. But it's actually like, if you take all these light shows, concerts, um, clubs, all this together, it's a huge market. Um, yeah, and, right. and and it's really been like, like, what the hell? There are so many like different small things you can change. And that's, well, that was in the end, not a startup I invested in, but I, I thought like, wow, there's so much out there you can do and how you can uh, change an industry or an, just a product, make it better, whatever it is. And that's so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah I think it's incredible when you go, um, sometimes <clears throat> when you see things like, ah, oh, oh, yes, that is a big market. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And I mean, yeah, also, yes, also in terms of when they showed us the the whole, um, well, when they were pitching and they told us about the solution, I was like, yeah, well, that's not a huge business case. And then they were actually showing the numbers and I was like, what the fuck, that's huge. <laughs> like, um, well, not huge in terms of becoming a unicorn, but well, still like a, a good and big case since nobody in the music industry was approaching this topic. Yeah. And also then for me, it's never like, it's only the case they are presenting, but I'm always thinking, okay, but if you've got this AI, maybe you can not only control light shows with it, but what else can you control with mm -hmm. this AI? And that's also something I love about um, angel investing, that you also can, you know, strategically advise the companies and, and sometimes not the case they present in the end is the case they are doing or they are, you know, earning their money with. So that's, I think that's just incredible. Yeah, so if, if you've done five investments, probably two are going to end up with a completely different business model. Yes, yes. And one is one of the investments pivoting. I did. Yeah, yeah. one one of the investments mm -hmm. I did, they started as a social media platform and not platform, but like, um, uh, it's a while ago. So it was yes. like a social media optimi advertising optimization okay. platform. And now they um, treat um, erectile dysfunctions. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So see, that's and, probably the most insane pivot. <laughs> yes, yes, that's crazy. Yes, and that's I think that's the most exciting part. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's cool. That's cool. So um, for you, so when you help founders, how, what, what's, where do you feel do you add the most value? Well, I think um, especially with my LinkedIn account, um, mm. also with my contact to journalists probably, since um, a mm. lot of startups have good solutions, but they just don't get them out there since they are too complex or complicated or technical solutions. And, you know, they don't have 
maybe or sometimes when they it's really an early stage company, they have put all their you know efforts in the product in the MVP and they don't have someone for sales and marketing yet. So I think that's something where I can you know help and jump in since mm. I you know a lot of journalists, but also then with my LinkedIn reach, post about them, um, tell the world what they are doing, and and yes, with each post. You know, I generate around 50,000 views and that's a lot. So that's definitely something I always offer to bring in. And sometimes that's also something that's part of the deal. So um, I did already a few um, um, media versus uh, media... um, Media for equity. Media for equity. Thank you very much. Media for equity deals um, as part of of a deal where I invested. So it's not only... Um, media for equity, but it's a combination of equity plus yeah. media, which you know is also within the deal um, as a, as a fixed part, um, which I think <clears throat> yes is a, is a great way because um, besides that, of course, I can bring in my own um, advice and expertise and call and and help them and bring in ideas. But that's what everyone does, and I, I think it's only fair that um, you know others only have money and. Well, I can offer reach as well. And if you if you buy a post um, on my account, it would also be like a ticket already. So you know why yeah. why don't um, making it part of the deal? So yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of different opinions on on the sort of um, uh, media yeah, for um, equity. Yes, sweat equity or whatever you want to call it. And um, and I think how do you think about it? I think it's fine as long as you have clearly defined what it's for. <clears throat> yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because there are situations where you have, uh, where you have, especially in the early days, like people are like, oh yeah, but they did so much for us, and you're like, yeah, but what did they do? Well, they mm. did this and that, but so, but if there's like, like, look, they got, we gave them the equivalent of a five thousand uh, or ten thousand euro yeah. ticket, and they did what usually they would charge pretty much the same for, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, fine. And this is something we really needed, and then it's fine. Yes. But if it's kind of just someone, you know, sometimes some people kind of rip startups off, and I have like a complete allergy towards this. But um, mm. I think in um, if if it's very clearly defined what what the the lifestone, what the um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the sweat <laughs> yeah. against the equity is, I think it's totally fine. Um, yes, and we and also it, define it like I. I you know, I define how many posts per year I do. And then often we agree on, on the first two yeah. years in which I support them with postings. And we actually, you know, it's it's part of the deal and we write it down the, in the contract as well. So Perfect. that's, you yeah. know, a part of it. And, and what I feel like is fair if you don't do only media for equity, but if you actually invest and you have this as an add-on. So it feels mm-hmm. like you've actually got your own skin in the game yeah. as well. And that's yeah. also sometimes what founders want to see. Um, but actually, I had also teams who said, no, I, we don't want to, like, we don't want to include it in the deal. And then, well, that then it's up to me to say, okay, still, I believe in the idea and the team and I only want to invest my money then. Or I say, well, no, then if you don't see the value in it, then <laughs> you don't see the value in this, um, you know, um, in this collaboration either. And then it doesn't make sense for me. So then that's really about, you know, the the individual deal on how I decide as well. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's important ways. that it makes sense for everyone and that everyone's yes. really honest and upfront and it's all talked about. And that's why like exactly. you can put it in contracts and all that. That's that's, that's really great. Yeah. yeah. So if it's on that basis, I think it's it's, it's perfectly great. Um, so um, what's your like top advice for aspiring angel investors? 
Well, yes, as I said, talk about it. Talk about if you when you want to do it or when it get when you want to get started, just start talking about these things and then more and more people will approach you. And this is obviously also how you approach me, right? I won't be in this podcast if um, I hadn't talked about what I do. Um, so, so that's also how you spread the news. And, and maybe even through this podcast, other startups are going to approach me again. And I think that's how you, you know, get the deals going. And then in terms of anything else, I'd say, you know, learn it as you do it. <laughs> I don't think you need to do any course. And actually, since I did the first investment, I got um, posts and letters um, uh, to my company tell, uh, saying like, oh, we, you know, you're an angel investor now. Here's a course for angel investment. No, fuck that. I don't think you need to take a course. Just get started. And then if you have the first deal, And then you've got the first, you know, conversations. I mean, that's until then, it's pretty easy. I mean, and you can also, you know, look at the numbers, calculate, see whether it's a good case or not. And that's a little bit, mm. you know, a little bit of mass. But then you can, you know, also when it then comes to an, the actual, um, um, how do you say, Fahndlung again, um, negotiation. Yeah, negotiation. Yeah, if you then, you know, have the first negotiation, then you can, you know, start approaching people like, um, I don't know, other angel investors who already did it. And that's actually a cool hack. I didn't do it in the first two. I was not asking who are the other angel investors, but now that's always my first always question. Do. Yeah, but that's, that's something I learned. You know, I, I did not talk to anybody about it. And, and I was like, just like, you know, doing it and helping myself somehow. And then this was one of the things I realized during the, the second deal. Oh no, I'm going to ask who the others are. I'm going to talk to them and ask them what kind of risks they see and what they think about the founders. And, you know, then it's so much the, easier. The VCs yeah. do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, that that was new to me, and that's really important. And 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 it's it's also very good to cover bases that you don't, can't cover yourself, like legal. Mm -hmm. Like usually with angel investing, there's one angel that's done like 20 plus deals, yes. and they know the contracts. Exactly, the founders they know the contracts. So um, even to just like <clears throat> cover like basic stuff that you don't know yourself or you don't understand yourself, it's really worth like connecting with the others. Exactly. And that's why I also in the first deal or the first first deals, I um, also brought in my own lawyer and um, then realized, no, I'm going to get in touch with the other angel investors, see how much experience they've got. One, for example, in the th third case uh, was institutional, kind of already, well, not mm -hmm. like a VC, but like something in between. And um, well, they then I was 100% sure that they knew the contract. And and still then what I, for example, did is um, um, just write an email also like something, a, a written piece of, I don't know, mail. I asked the founders, well, can you please confirm me within an email that it's the same contract for each angel investor? Or oh, that's so important. So that's, that so was, important. that's also a hack for me. Like that's a, a great um, tip. That's a yes. great tip. That's we actually do the same with our fund. We say like, can you please, like exactly the yeah. main thing that's important. So when we send <clears> our, um, <throat> so when we participate in rounds and we send the founders into uh, into mm -hmm. the, they start drawing up the contracts with the lead investors. We always say like, listen, as long as we get pretty much the same rights mm -hmm. as the yep. lead investor, we're fine. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's also something, I mean, this is, for example, nothing someone told me, but that's just for me from a logical perspective. I, yeah. I thought like, well, all these really professional angels in there, have, have I got the same right? I'm just going to let them confirm this um, yeah. for me to, you know, have a proof. And I also, what I then do is I, I save all these emails um, like in a folder so that you don't, you know, do these investments. And then, I don't know, you're 
whatever, yeah, you set up a new email account and all these mails are gone, like make sure you have all this paper track, all this email track. And, and that's also what I do then in the end when everything is done. And, and well, that's, yeah, but that's actually a good, a good tip maybe. Yeah. 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 Okay. So last question. Yes. <laughs> what one thing would you like to change in the world? Oh, oh God. Such a big, big question at the end. Um, well, okay, I need to think about this a second. Right now. Well, right now it would probably be to stop the war in Ukraine and yes. stabilize our whole world again. Yes. Um, I think that's something that comes from all of our hearts, right? Um, yeah, that's actually something that, you know, keeps me busy thinking about um, kind of every day. And that's something also that's, you know, that it's it's maybe also because it's so close, but that should not be the reason, to be honest. But I think it yes, is in this not. case. Yeah, of yeah, course yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it gets and, closer to you, yeah. Yes, and, and still, like, we should care as much as... You know, as if it was somewhere else, but but still, of course, that's something. Um, yes, I think about and yes, well, eliminate all the ego from this world because I think if there wouldn't be this ego of this one guy, okay, this all this uh, horrible, all these horrible things won't happen. So I think take out the ego, just everybody out there, and nice. then we'll, we would probably have a better world. Hopefully, that would be my wish. Yes, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much, Celine. Thank and, you. Um, I hope to see you in person soon and give you a hug. Thank you so much for your time, and it was a really great conversation. It was thank a you. <laughs> bye bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 